fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Is it weird that, because we're on Zoom and we can see each other, and when that whole intro goes, we're all like mouthing the words, like it might might be a tumor, it's not a tumor, it's not at all, and we're doing that whole thing, and then is it a little, is it just a little egotistical to then be mouthing my own words at the end? And I'm like, you're listening to the 30s, I mean... I don't know. think so, man. I think it's going with it. Okay, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going with it. in the moment, and you're, it's it's filling you with with I'm, joy. I'm carpeing the DM. There we go. I learned Latin. Bam. All right, bam. There it is. Well, bam. It's a thirty-something movie podcast. You're Woo! here for I, yeah. There we go. Bring the energy there, Pat. Bring it. That's right. Yeah, I'm bringing it. I've got it. I'm ready. There you mm, go. Yeah, uh, got the energy. There you go. Um, which excited is, about this movie? Are you excited Yay. about this movie? Um, it kind of makes me. It kind of makes me think of that scene in Fight Club. Have you guys seen Fight Club? Yes. Mm. Yeah. When he's down in the basement and he's getting beat up by Lou, and he's like, <laughs> Lou is like, he's like, yeah, I, I got it, I got it, I got. It. No, I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like, oh, I got the energy. Yeah, I lost it. I lost it. It's not there anymore. That's awesome. But anyway, we are here for. We're here for Dark Man. Dark Man. <sighs> yes. Oddest sounding superhero movie ever. Trying so hard to be Batman, but it's just Dark Man. I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to skip way ahead, but did anyone read any of the critic feedback on this? Uh, I did not. I, okay. I kind of. I kind of purposefully ignored some of that stuff. I, I. I know kind of what people have said about it. I know that it has like a a, a section of diehard fans and. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as you heard, there is uh, Pat Canigallo is here with us tonight. Bo. Bo is here with us, too. Bo, how's it going? I'm doing well, John. Yourself? Keep your head above water, I hope. For the most part, yeah. I think so. Uh, And if I haven't, somebody revived me. So, you know, before like... Well, that's what matters. Isn't like eight minutes the limit? Like after eight minutes, you can't revive somebody who's drowned? Something like that. I, I don't know. know. It's it, it's not a flatliners thing, so it's like you're asking the wrong. Maybe it's guy, nine man. minutes. I'm sorry, Pat. I didn't mean to say flatliners. I I was just yeah. I was wondering, is that like it, you know how many minutes into this movie before you realize like okay, I've, mm-hmm. okay. Maybe that's what we can call the flatliners effect. You'd be like, well, I hated this movie at four minutes. Well, I hated it at four minutes and thirty seconds. Well, I hated it at five minutes, and you could just see how far you can get into a movie that you really don't like. I. I I thought it was a comedy for the first half hour. You did. That's so. true. And I, I, I apologize for that. I may not have, <laughs> I, I may not have labeled things correctly or, or I may have, I don't know. I might've miscommunicated the fact that flatliners is very much not a comedy. Well, I was just sitting there laughing like, oh, man, sorry. I know what they say. Like, Hey, the best way to do comedy is like, don't try to be funny. Cause these guys mm-hmm. aren't trying to be funny. God, so, the, this is- so then it's the best comedy ever. 
Yeah, and then it was like, wait. I don't think this is a comedy. I, dude just I'm not laughing a, anymore. This dude just really got beat up with a hockey stick. Why is it? Yeah. Like, I do not think this word means what you are thinking. Right <laughs> yeah. It's like that. No. That's not funny at all. No. This isn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we are here for Dark Man. And uh, that's probably what you're here for, too. Or you're just here to just kind of hang out with us, which that's cool, too. Um, you don't have to like Dark Man. You can just spend some time with us, and we're cool with that. Um, yeah. That's that's what we enjoy doing anyway. So uh, very, very quickly, we do spoil freely, so be warned. We, much like the avocados that I found at the grocery store the other day, we spoil all over the place. Um, oh, so, that's so the get worst. Them, get them and make your guacamole fast is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. iTunes reviews, please leave us a five-star review and then visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's a great place to find all the other episodes of our show and other social media outlets and our voicemail line and everything else. Here's the news. Another action adventure. Very, very quickly, before we move on to anything else, I had something exciting that I saw today. And it has to do really? with our podcast and oh. where we happen to be popular. Mm. Gentlemen. Really? Yes. I don't have to ask you if you're sitting down because I can see you. Okay. I get an email. Like there's a couple of different websites that I set up. Like if we get, as we get reviews and as we get ratings and things like that, I get emails that kind of summarize those for me. And then they come to my inbox maybe like once a week or so. And, and it kind of tells me like, you're here on the film history charts on the iTunes store and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. All um, right. So today, now th this was earlier, or no, later last week, we were at a particular position on this one chart. I mean, today we're like number seven, I think it said. But oh. I, looked, I looked back, and last week, gentlemen, mm -hmm. in film history podcasts, we were number two. What? In, in Middle Earth. Wow! In Middle Earth. In Middle like Earth. In, in like the Hobbits podcast, and stuff? That is high praise. In New Zealand, we wow. were we were the number two film history podcast for for last week. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so, yes. That's huge, man. Welcome, Hobbits. Thank you for joining us. I, I, you have large feet and large hearts. Thank you. Bring us That's, second dinners, please. Yes. And and elevensies. And elevensies. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's What about really second cool. breakfast? Uh, I'm a fan of second breakfast. Mm -hmm. I have it as mm -hmm. often as I allow. There myself. we go. Well, we were the number two podcast. I'm going to refer to us as second breakfast. I. We are. Ooh, what? hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I think we've always talked about starting a band. I, we don't have four people here second tonight, but I think a, a, I think a trio. I think if you wanted to start like the three tenors, I don't know if you guys are tenors or not. I, I don't think I am. Um, but if you wanted to start a singing group, we could be called Second Breakfast. I, I might need to go downsize my underwear and then I could be up in the tenor range. I don't okay. know. You I was going to say, John, I can help you out with that. I, <laughs> okay. You, know, okay. you won't like it, but I can help with that. You know, you know. But I, I think Second Breakfast would be a great name for our singing group. I, I, I think, think that would be fantastic. I think that's outstanding. I think it, I think it actually sums us up pretty well. Let's do it. So Second Breakfast is going to start touring as soon as this corona thing clears up. We're going to start touring. Uh, we'll let you know when and where. Um, probably going to have to get vocal lessons first, but, you know, we'll, we'll be out there. Mm-hmm. And kicking the nuts. It, well, that, yes, that's also true. I, that's probably part of the vocal training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. Nobody ever says practice is fun. The training is fun. It's, 
yeah, I'm not going to take that any further. Okay. Right. Um, but yes. So yeah, we were number two, number two. So I was kind of excited about that. I just think that's just so cool. Yeah. So thank you, New Zealand. I actually have relatives yeah. that are from New Zealand. So yeah. You, you know, I, I read this article one time that said uh, uh, New Zealand, the roads, there's roads down that are like motorcycle only roads, or maybe there's just a lot of motorcycles, but they use some kind of a pavement that's like super grippy. Like it'll tear, it'll, your tires wear out sooner, but it's like super grippy for if you're like zinging that thing around that I think we need to do it. I think that and the rating number two, New Zealand, somehow mm. that's linked and we need to go to New Zealand, New I, Zealand. I think our first hit single could be called super grippy. I think it just did get called super grippy. Yeah, I think that I, happened. I think so. So John's going to edit all this out so no one steals all our ideas and then uh, right. be good. No, I'm, I'm going to leave it in. I, I think we can get this going fast enough. Nobody steals the ideas. I think super grippy is going to be like a way we describe it. Dude, why are you being so super grippy? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, right. ma'am, how was your day? Super grippy. Yeah. Like, I, hmm. Well, I've been brushing up on that during this whole coronavirus thing. I've been doing a, um, on Facebook, I'll do like a post every single day of okay. uh, uh, Exiled for the Good of the Realm. And it kind of started off like with this almost like a medieval times kind of deal, almost like a, a Lord of the Rings kind of deal. And I gave okay. everybody in the family like different names. Like there was um, Sir John of the Attic, uh, who never comes down from his uh, from his room up in the attic part of the castle. Uh, and then there was um, um, I don't remember what my King John King John something King John of the Realm or whatever, and and uh, Nora the Pixie Princess of the Realm, and and so I've kind of gone through, and every single day I've cool. done an update, but I've kind of told it through the lens of whatever that is, and and after a while, you know, when this went longer than three weeks, um, I started switching things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this last week, the entire thing has been um, 80s. So I've been, okay. every, everything has been with like 80s slang. So it's gotten me back into the groove of being like, you know, that is just, that's super grody. Like, grody. Like, like gag me with a spoon. That is just, that is most heinous. And, and then the fact most that, heinous. most heinous. And, and then the fact that the uh, Bill and Ted 3 trailer came out. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that it made looks me happy, pretty... and the fact that I know I could probably go see it in the theater—that's cool. When does it yeah. come out? Um, it was supposed to come out. I want to say it was supposed to come out in July, maybe June or July. I think they've moved it back to October. Okay. So yeah, so it'll be later this year, but I think they've—I have to go back and look again. But I think they officially moved it back to maybe October. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so saw that the other day. But it kind of reminded me of that because I've been very much in like '80s slang mode. And be like, to, to the point where, you know, if the kids start arguing with me, I'll be like, what's your damage, man? What is your damage? Mm-hmm. That's so much good. So yeah. much good. It's Barry Manilow. Has... Oh, you rate his wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we've stalled long enough. We're here to talk about Darkman. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about, should we talk about Darkman? The man in the dark. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, this time around, the movie is called Dark Man. It came out on the 24th of, of I almost said October. It's 24th of August, 1990, rated R with a runtime of one hour, 36 minutes, directed by Sam Raimi, who also did the Evil Dead movies and the Spider-Man trilogy, um, and was an executive producer on one of the most excellent television, sh- television shows of all time, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, producer mm-hmm. on this one was Rob Tapert, who did Hard Target and 30 Days of Night. Writers on this one, there are a bunch of writers on this one. Uh, there was Sam Raimi, who did the story and screenplay. Uh, he also wrote Army of Darkness and the other Evil Dead movies. Uh, Chuck Farrer, maybe Farrar, Farrer, I probably said that wrong. Uh, he also did the screenplay for Navy Seals. 
Ivan Ramey uh, did the screenplay for this one too. He also did Drag Me to Hell. And then Daniel and Joshua Golden uh, did this one, did the screenplay, and then also wrote the movie Out on a Limb. Cinematography was done by Bill Pope, who also did cinematography for Matrix and Baby Driver. Music was done by Danny Elfman, who also did Batman Beetlejuice. Budget for this one was $16 million. Box office was $48.8 million. So... Made its money back. It did fairly well there. Uh, Flick Metrics, which combines Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterboxd, gives it a 64%. And Cinema Score gives it a C+. So lately, that's a C plus is kind of low for a Cinema Score, because lately, in a lot of the movies that we've seen, even if, even if it's not a great movie, the people that went to see it were like, yeah, I had fun. And they usually, I usually tend to think that those Cinema Scores are a little higher than what... There's a little grade inflation there, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Now, you're no longer doing the Rotten Tomatoes thing, right? Uh, I kind of just combine the Rotten Tomatoes into Flick Metrics because that okay. collects all of those together in one place. So, because I found the Rotten Tomatoes thing interesting, that the critics were high on this movie and the audience was not so high on this. Movie. What was? I didn't specifically go to Rotten Tomatoes to see this one. What was it? I should look it up um, and tell you exactly. Um, but I want to say that I'm going to speak slowly to allow the internet machine to catch up to my talking. I want to say that, Let me like, Rot- that. yeah, that, that Rotten Tomatoes was some, somewhere like 78% critics and like 50% audience. That's going to be, that's going to be my guess. Me. If it's- I go to, so here I, I pulled it up real quick on Rotten Tomatoes. It actually has, um, am I right? I did get it wrong. No, actually. And actually it's even higher than that. Uh, for the critics, if you go to top critics, so if you go just critics, it's 84% for the critics. Okay. Yeah, and 50, 58% for the audience. But yeah. if, you go, if you go top critics, so these are the ones that are supposedly like the better, the cream of the crop. Um, mm-hmm. These are 91% from top critics. I'm just... So... Read, that doesn't read, surprise me that much. Uh, I can't wait to hear your, your insights on that. It just, it, it's just... It's very cinematic. Mm-hmm. It's very operatic in nature. It explores the darker side of humanity and the darker nature of of man and critics eat that stuff up mm-hmm. audiences it depends on how you portray it and i can totally see this being a movie that critics loved and people didn't like i mean i have i know people who if the critics this particular guy if critics hate the movie he's convinced he's gonna love it oh, okay okay and it's most of the time true it's a very interesting case study, but I try not to go there. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't want to derail John, but I, I look forward to getting into this because I'm clearly audience and not a critic. I'm a fan. Well, and me so, too. I, I, you know, but, believe me, I'm not all that enamored with this movie, but I can see where some people would be. Yeah. And, I would well, be very interested to know what Dennis would think of this movie. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, if you read... Um, I keep wanting to say Spielberg, but Siskel and Ebert, like the mm-hmm. Siskel review, I think it was his. I was like, are, were we watching the same movie? Like, <laughs> I don't know. So anyways, John, I apologize for the derail, but oh, no. No when you were going through that, it, it was interesting because I could see where it, the C plus or whatever for flick or not flick metrics. What, wait, Cinema flick score. metrics, Cinema, Cinema score. score. Thing, yeah. I could see where there's that disparity because that showed up pretty clearly on, on the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Yeah. Uh, this one is starring Liam Neeson as Peyton Westlake, um, who also played, who was also Darkman. Uh, he was in Schindler's List, The Phantom Menace, and Rob Roy. 
Frances McDormand played Julie Hastings. She was in Fargo, Almost Famous, and Moonrise Kingdom. Colin Friels played Louis Strack Jr. He was in Dark City and Water Rats. Larry Drake, uh, who died in 2016, played Robert G. Durant. Uh, he was in L.A. Law and Dr. Giggles. Uh, Nelson Mashita played Yakatito. He was in Independence Day and Rising Sun. Um, so I, I pulled this one off of uh, Google just real quick to give us a kind of a synopsis of the story. When thugs employed by a crime boss lead a vicious assault on Dr. Peyton, they say Dr. Peyton Wilder, that's not his name. Yeah. All right, well. Uh, on Dr. Peyton Westlake, Liam Neeson, leaving him literally and psychologically scarred, an emergency procedure allows him to survive. Upon his recovery, Westlake can find solace only by returning to his scientific work developing synthetic skin and seeking revenge against the crime boss. He assumes a phantom Avenger persona called Darkman, who, with malleable facial qualities, is able to infiltrate and sow terror in the criminal community. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. Who? No foolish heroics, if you please. Is. Darkman. They destroyed everything he had. All that he loved. Everything that he was. Now... Crime has a new enemy, and justice has a brand new face. I was afraid that you wouldn't want me anymore. Of course I still want you. The good news is that I know who's behind our little troubles of late. Finish it. He has the power to look like any man. They stole both sons of witches! But he is unlike any man. I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. You think you're killing and he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour. Julie, who's the real monster here? There's a light that shines on every human being. But one. From director Sam Raimi. Dark Man. Dark Man. Okay, so uh, our usual our usual first question is, how does this movie make you feel? So let's start with a single word or a short phrase. How does this movie make you feel? Uh, Bo, why don't you start us off? Like watching a Batman movie. That is no, the correct answer. Mean, um, no, it's well, the correct answer. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, made me feel like watching a Batman. Made me feel like watching The Dark Knight is actually the movie I was thinking about while I was watching this. Pat, what about you? Um, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. It's more of a yeah. more of a sound rather than word the word or phrase. Yeah, that would that would be it. Would be the sound and a single utterance. Yeah, okay. sort of like, hey guys, we're all going over to so and so's house. We're all gonna go swimming. Awesome. Can we go? Yeah, it's not just don't don't worry about. It. Yeah, practice suits back then. We'll head out. It's gonna be great. We're gonna cook out the whole thing. Great. And then you get there and it's a kiddie pool, and you're an adult. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like. Well, okay, we still have the cookout and all that, but so much for jumping in the swimming pool when it's mm-hmm. 98 degrees. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't want to complain because, you know, we're all together, but. It's not, eh. it's not the swimming pool you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. 
All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So for me, and because I had – and Pat, you had never seen this one before. I had not. Okay. And Bo, you had seen this one before. Yes. Okay. Recently? And or... I remembered enjoying it more than I did. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it did not hold up. No. No. Okay. Yeah, I had never seen this one before. I, I, I mean, I knew the premise of the story of this movie. Um, I had seen – well, because growing up as a kid, especially around this time, I was pretty heavily into um, collecting comic books. And so around this time in like, and that, this is about when I started, was um, about 1990, 1991. Um, and that would have been, because I lived over in England, that would have been about the time Darkman came to theaters in England, was probably about 1991, because they would always get things several months after the fact. And I remember this being advertised like on the back page of a whole bunch of comic books in the early 90s. Um and at the time, I just, I mean, it kind of looked like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it looks kind of, I think I remember seeing the preview somewhere, and I was like, that's that's kind of cool. Like, this guy's tearing people up, and, and he looks like the Invisible Man. He's got all the bandages on his face and the, the hat and the, you know, the, the coat that kind of looks like a cape. And this is kind of cool. I wish I could go see this. And, it, and so I remember as a kid thinking, yeah, I bet that movie is probably pretty cool. And then as I got older, I knew the premise of it, but then I would, like, watch little clips of it here and there, and I was like, all right. That's probably a movie I would have liked as a kid. I'm not sure I would like this movie as an adult. But then I kept thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I, someday I'm going to watch this, and then I just never did. And so this is very long-winded, you know, one word. But um, it's, it's a long word. It's, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. It's fine. Um, so what I'm going to say is my one word, what, what this makes me feel, is I'm, I'm going to do a short phrase, and I'm going to do a name. I'm going to say Sam Raimi. That's going to be my short yeah. phrase. Sam Raimi. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain that as we go along. So, um, so basically I, the basic premise of this movie, we kind of already said, uh, at, at the front there was, um, that we, ha well, first of all, when the movie first started, um, you had the Danny Elfman score and mm -hmm. immediately I was like, Oh, I accidentally pulled up Batman. Yeah. Wait, no, I didn't. And then yeah. as the movie's going, it's like the, the visuals, the music, and, and the music was, it was overpowering. Like, I know that this is trying to, and, and, and before I went and read up on what Sam Raimi was trying to do with this movie, there were moments that I was like, wow, this is not mm -hmm. good. Like, this is, the editing is kind of messy. The, the music is too loud in certain parts here. Like, and we're going, like, it's not, it, we're not really in a triumphant scene right now, but we're really blasting the triumphant music here. Um, yeah. And uh, we're, we're really trying to force the whole comic book thing. Um, and then after a while, you know, that was the first few minutes, especially that first scene um, where they've got the guys in the warehouse and there's some kind of thing going down. Um, and as that scene got going, that's where it kind of shifted well, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy this going into it. Mm -hmm. And that scene in particular, and I will tell you the exact moment that it happened, it, that scene, I was like, the music was like, oh, this is just, this is trying too hard to be Batman. This is a Batman ripoff. Mm -hmm. And then just a couple of other things, and it was like, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy this. I don't think I'm, I don't know. And then when the guy ripped his leg off and started shooting people with it, I was like, you know what? This is a Sam Raimi movie. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. Right. Like, I know. I, I, I've seen enough Sam Raimi movies. I know what the hallmarks of his movies are. I know all about his, like, crazy camera shots. Um, 
his, you know, he loves the, the gory special effects and everything else. And, and I'm like, you know what? Yes, this movie is trying too hard to be Batman, but it's, I can already tell it's going to have some of those Sam Raimi isms that I really enjoy in a lot of his other stuff, you know, it, it's, and it's all the campy stuff of evil dead and, and, and Ash versus evil dead. And even the Spider-Man movies, if you go to the Spider-Man trilogy of movies, they're super campy and that's Sam Raimi. And so before I went to go look anything up about this movie, I, I kind of reached that point when the guy tears off his leg and starts shooting people with it. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm just going to, this is a ride, whether it's a fun ride or not. I'm just going to enjoy the scenery as I go along and it, may be kind of stupid, but I'm just going with it. And mm -hmm. I will say I enjoyed this as a Sam Raimi movie, as a okay. superhero movie, even to a certain degree as an action movie, not a good movie at all, but as a Sam Raimi movie and being the first movie. So then after the fact, I did go look up a few things and this real, this was his first kind of like big studio movie that he was in. And I was like, okay, cool. I can see where he's really starting to like, now he's being given the money to be able to do some of the effects stuff that he liked to do when he was making Evil Dead and, and some of the other things. Mm -hmm. All right, okay, I can see that now, and I can see what's really cool is to be able to see that and then to see, oh, when he does later on, when he's going to do Spider-Man, this is where he was kind of practicing. He was working this out with Darkman, and then later on with Spider-Man, it's perfected. It looks better. It's, you know, he got a chance at another comic book type movie. So mm -hmm. that was kind of my take on it was that I, I originally started off being like, man, this is a Batman ripoff. And then when it started to get really dumb and I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to go. It's, it's, it'll be a fun ride. Not a great movie, but a fun ride. So that was mm -hmm. kind of where I, you know, I, I think it was my enjoyment of Sam Raimi and his style of movie making visually. Um, the story is stupid, but you know, the, the visual stuff is fun. Yeah. I probably should have just led with that. Like, that's my whole explanation. The story is stupid, but the visuals are fun. Yeah, well, there it is. Well, you got there eventually. You yeah. got there eventually. Yes. I had to talk it out a little bit. Yeah. Bo, you said you have seen this movie before? Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I was probably... So what did you, do you remember when you saw it, Bo? Like, how old were you? Nine or ten. Um, my uncle had a friend who he, he worked at a hotel and they had those machines, okay. you know, back, we're talking back in the day here, where one of the things the front desk people had to do was they had to put the, the tape in the machine um, so that you could watch on-demand video. Like, they had to control that system down at the front desk. Well... When he was there overnight, he recorded all the new stuff they got. So my uncle and he were sitting on movies like you wouldn't believe. So I saw a whole mm -hmm. ton of movies around that time. And this was one of them. And I really liked it at the time. I don't know if it was just got it. cool because it was kind of dark or what it was. But... I also saw it. There's the second one. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and, and a third one. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Um, oh, really? And we had them both. The third one. I, I can only imagine what the third one is about. The second one, I guess, is called The Return of Durant. It is. And the third one is called Die, Dark Man, Die. It certainly is. I am, I am 
<laughs> looking at that in the video in the on the old internet machine now and holy mackerel. Um yeah, so you know, we liked Darkman so much we used to watch Darkman too. I mean but this time around it just didn't hold up. I don't know if I wasn't in the right headspace or what, but I was not into it. Does it we, oh yeah, does ahead. it oh no, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, does it get funnier with Darkman two and three guys? Like um Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. I haven't seen either a... one of those. Um, okay. 2 is, uh, I'm not going to say funnier, but it's not trying to be as, it doesn't take itself as seriously. I'm not going to say it's funny, mm. but I think they've accepted what they are and they're sort of good with it. They're good with being okay. a possible B-rate horror movie by the time they make Darkman 2. Got it. I think and I don't think the, Sam Raimi... No. I don't think he did either of the sequels. No, Sam Raimi and Liam Neeson not connected at all. Um, yeah. Arnold Vosloo plays Darkman awesome, in both of yeah. them. So, Bo, when you saw it as a younger lad, what was it that worked for you when you enjoyed it? I think it was just cool because he was kicking everybody's... You know? I think it was just cool because he was beating up the bad guys, you know. They messed with him, and, and he wasn't going to... You know, come on, I was just old enough for, like... he was. It was cool that he was disfigured, and then he was able to change his face. Like, it was just enough to be really, really cool for a kid that age. Well, there's electrocuting hands and melting faces. What more do you need? Right, I mean, come on! Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's face is disintegrating in the sunlight. I mean, that with my fair Scottish skin, that's how I feel most times when it's sunny outside, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pat, I'm going to ask this question to you. I'm going to, let me pose you a question. Pose for me, John. Issue number one. Well, that's different. Oh, wait, hold one. on. <laughs> wrong, wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Issue, issue number one. <laughs> Draw me like one of your French girls. Okay. Um, so the question is. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> I, anyway. Family friendly. Yep. Popular in New Zealand. It, not anymore. Right. That, <laughs> not, anymore. not popular. That ship has sailed, my friends. No, that's, it, it was, that's right. yeah. No, not number two. We may be number two there, but we're not number two on the charts. Um, so <laughs> my question for you, charts, Pat. Number one in your hearts. That's true. Oh, with the yeah. turn of phrase. That's that's the tagline for Second Breakfast uh, opening tour. Right. Dang. Yeah. That's number right. Number two on the charts, number one in Man. your hearts. Wow. Yep. Uh, so, Pat, my question was going to be for you. Um, yes. Is there anything about this movie that you did enjoy? <sighs> anything that works for you? Okay, John, let me consult the list. Because you, 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 you tend to like, even if they're not great movies, you tend to like a good action movie. Yeah, and that's where I, I like my reference of going to the, like, hey, we're still out in the backyard and there's a pool. It's a kiddie pool. I got to put my feet in. Like, if I right. jump in, then it's just awkward for everybody. But, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, so... When the movie started, it was funny because I was just like, oh, wow, I wonder what comic this, I mean, this has to be, and it, I don't think it's based off a comic, right? No, he wrote, well, he wrote it himself. It was a short story. story and then it yeah. started with Roots in the Shadow and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess what, what got me, well, no, what I, what I liked, I liked listening to um, Danny Elfman, listening mm -hmm. to his tunes come up. Um, it, it seems very much in the the Batman guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, which, which really worked. I mean, you know, some of those, um, 
kind of fanfare, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, you know, when, when, when the tension really builds, he has this way of putting the strings and he'll have the strings play very, um, kind of almost this wailing kind of, you know, we need our orchestra teacher to be here to like, tell me what the technique is, but it's, it's real thick kind of sinister sounding chords that get more sinister, the more the action tightens. So boy, I sure love listening to Danny Elfman's score, score a scene. And there were so many beats that I picked up on that. Uh, pardon the pun, the beats. So many of the things that I picked up where it was just like, uh, wow, that's that's cool. It it so I thought that really sold it well. Um you know, I uh the helicopter thing was cool. Good helicopter chase. That's fun. Uh you know, the concept, I mean, that's a different kind of and that's where I was just like, oh, I wonder what comic this was based off of. But yeah, like a guy that can change faces. Um, okay, that's cool. So, yeah, those those are the things that those are the things that I that I that I liked about it. Mm-hmm. As it went on for me, I, th- I think it was it was a lot of that stuff too. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this for an action movie. But then when I saw I saw what he was trying to do, and, right. and you know, as, and as I mentioned before, the story is kind of dumb. Like to have that many writers, and maybe you just had too many writers, but to have that many writers on this story and screenplay. And for it to come out the way that it did, like, ee, yeah, no, <laughs> that, yeah. that didn't work out for you guys. You you paid a few too many people to be in that room with you. Um, but I think from the beginning of it, what was kind of fun to watch was it bothered, like I said before, it bothered me at first that the music was so very much Batman mm-hmm. and it had so very much a Batman vibe to it. Um, now that was, that was fun when we started watching, when I got the DC universe app, um, a couple months ago and I found the 1990 flash TV show on there. Mm -hmm. I had completely forgotten how much that TV show, particularly the pilot episode of that TV show was very much like Batman. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds down to the, the, the cops, the street scenes, the music, the, even like the flash costume and how he's, you know, when I think of the character, the flash, he's kind of more he's funnier and he's a little bit more, you know, quick witted and he's, you know, he's got a sense of humor to him. They really, and I had not seen that pilot episode for a long time. They really played him up as like Batman in a red costume. Like he was very brooding and very, and sometimes he's even like, you know, he'd start talking like this a little bit and, you know, pulling that thing out. And, and this movie though, that didn't bother me as much because I was watching that going, oh, hey, it's it's another DC movie. They're trying to capitalize off of the popularity of Batman in 89 to make The Flash in 1990. But it's a DC thing. All right, I'm cool with that because they're like cousins. So that's fine. This one, because it wasn't part of that, it just rubbed me the wrong way as somebody being like, hey, they made a Batman movie last year. I'm going to make my Batman movie now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use the same composer. And I'm going to use the same type of scenery and I'm going to do the same. And so that really bothered me at first. But then as this went on, and then when I did some little background reading, like he, Sam Raimi really wanted to make a Batman movie way before they made Batman 89. And he couldn't get the rights to it. And he really wanted to make a Shadow movie. And he couldn't get the old radio show, The Shadow. And he couldn't get the rights to it. And then ultimately they made a Shadow movie a few years later. He also really loved the old Universal Monster movies. And you can see that come out in the Evil Dead movies and, and all that. And so as I'm watching this, I'm like, dude totally looks like the Invisible Man with all the bandages. And and you've got some, like, um, Frankenstein vibes, with, especially when his uh, laboratory has been just completely 
blown to bits. Um, it, it's got kind of that Frankenstein vibe to it. Um, it's got uh, a little bit of the elephant man. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different pieces to some of these classic horror movies um, that come through in this. So I'm like, I can appreciate, I can appreciate the parts from which this movie has been put together. I don't think the final, take it as like Frankenstein's monster. That'd be like, Hey, that's a nice arm. I really like that leg. Hey, the head's pretty good too. I like all those different parts. You put it together. It's like, Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was good before you put it together. Maybe just leave it all separate. Um, But that for me was kind of like that. That was the part I appreciated when I saw all those little kind of homages to the different bits and pieces. I was like, no, you know what? That's, I can see what he's doing here. Like I'm, yeah. I'm getting my Sam Raimi visuals that I like. That's kind of like it's hectic and it's crazy and it's kooky and it's fun. Um, it's like when he's shooting the nails or the screws out of the right. gun and mm-hmm. they would focus on the, you know, and like, yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. So here I am yeah. talking about camera angles again, but I get you. Cause that right. was, you've, but you've grown the, up, Pat, you've grown up. We're proud I've you. grown up, yeah. but I mean, and I picked up on that too. And that's where Dennis is proud of you, Pat. I, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, that's where we're like, I, I interrupted you. Please continue your thought. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying where when you pick up on it, it looks like a Sam Raimi movie. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I had some, I had some moments when I was watching this that I was like, you know what, this, this is very much, and, and it was partly probably kind of his name too. I was like this to me, and this is where the, I don't like the writing of this movie. I like even the character's name. I like either he really likes the shadow because Peyton Westlake is a very pretentious name, kind of like Lamont Cranston, which was the mm-hmm. name of the shadow. Like that's kind of a pretentious sounding name. Oh, totally. So either he's with Buffy yeah. at the club, you know, right, right. So either this is like a seventh grader trying to write fan fiction who came up with names or he really likes the shadow and he's trying to play off of, you know, the, the kind of almost like a naming convention with the shadow. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I mean, that's, it seems a little that part of it. I think there's a fine line between homage and lazy. And I don't know. Some of those bits and pieces for me seemed like maybe they were just a little bit lazy. But then there were the other parts of it where certain things seemed overly complicated, like the Belisarius Memorandum. I can't even say it right now. Every yeah. time somebody mentioned the Belisarius Memorandum, I'm just like, why? Give it a shorter name. Right. Okay. It, yeah. It's the movie is not. It's like an hour and a half long movie, and it takes an hour and fifteen minutes to say the name of the stupid document. Let's give it a different name so we can move on. How about just and uh, I, the memo at that point? Don't we all know the memo, what we're talking right. about? Yeah. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, every time he said the Belisarius Memorandum, I'm like, Belisarius wasn't that the producer that did like Quantum Leap and Airwolf? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, 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 wait, that's, that's Donald Belisario. But it was really close. So, but Belisario is, to... is the name of his production company. Right, right. It'd so be fun I... to talk about Airwolf. I'm just well, saying. so I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to treat it as like the, the brief. You know how people always used to say, well, what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Like it was, it was glowing gold. And what's in the briefcase? And it was, somebody says it was what's you know, uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul. And a, right. You know, what's in the briefcase? I'm going to pretend the Belisarius memorandum is it was their plan for what they were going to do for like another season of quantum leap. Mm. Oh, see, I was going, that's what I think is that memorandum is what's in the briefcase. Oh, could be. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's even better. Yeah. I think it's fine. It seems important enough. That supposes that dark man, Pulp Fiction and quantum leap all exist in the same universe, but I'm okay with that. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Make it happen. Now, the other thing that was funny about this was, 
there is there was a line in this movie, and, and having not seen it before, I did not know that one of my favorite TV shows was quoting this movie. There is an episode, uh, and I've mentioned before, Mad About You. Yeah. It's one of our favorite TV shows that we've watched. Um, and there was an episode where uh, Paul and Jamie, uh, so Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, um, there was an episode where they have a videotape that they have made. Um, and take that as you will. Mm. And um, oh. he, because he's a filmmaker, he was also working on a video for the Nature Channel. But he had also recently, um, she had been away for the weekend, and he went to go rent a bunch of movies that he didn't think she would like, and he rented, I think it was like RoboCop 3. And so the rest of the episode, as hijinks ensue, is he accidentally realizes that he popped one of the videos in the wrong box, and so he thinks he originally gave the video that they made to the Nature Channel, so they go running to the Nature Channel to track it down. The Nature Channel, it turns out, has RoboCop 3. So then he's got to go to the video store and find out who else might have accidentally rented RoboCop 3, which does not have RoboCop 3 in it, but a rather mm-hmm. compromising video. And when he's at the video store, and I, and I, don't, know the, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he looks like Larry from the Three Stooges. And uh, he's, he's very, like, he's always like quoting movies. And he knows, uh, he knows uh, Paul's character because he's in there all the time. And he says this line and he goes, Paulie, my hands... They took my hands. And then his manager comes out and he's like, I've asked you not to do that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then he walks away. And I never knew what that was from. Like, I never knew what movie that was from. And so we're watching this one. And I'm, I guarantee that's not a moment that Sam Raimi intended for anybody to laugh out loud. But it gets to that scene. And then Darkman is like, my hands. They took my hand. And I'm just, I start laughing. And I'm like, that's where that's from. That's outstanding. That's, yeah. that's sweet. But I, that's what I like about this movie. It, it's not a good movie. Um, but I do like, I do like the kind of the things that they decided to do with it. You know, the parts where he can, as a character where he can take on other people's faces. And I love those parts where he chucks the guy out the window and, and, you know, he comes crashing down on the car and the woman looks at him and starts screaming. And then she turns Mm -hmm. around and looks on the bench and the guy is sitting on the bench too. Mm -hmm. And then she starts screaming at him because it's the exact same guy. But then his face starts to disintegrate. And and then you get the scene like I have behind me on my uh, my background here. Then you get the scene where he's made himself look like um, like Durant. And they kind of meet each other halfway through the revolving door. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's kind of fun. Like the rest of this story, it's kind of dumb. And and the writing is not great. But moments like that, that's kind of fun, stupid action movie kind of stuff. Yeah. Reminded me a little bit of like a, almost like a, had a face-off kind of vibe to it. It's like, yeah. you know, you get these two, I mean, not, not the exact same situation, but it's like, you've got these two guys and one of them knows that he's not the guy and the other one knows he doesn't have a twin and they're just staring each other down. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Why am I, what, what is going on here? So right. I, stuff like that, like between that, between the makeup, between the effects and, and the, the melting faces, the when he breaks the, the carnival worker's fingers by bending them backwards, you know, that kind of stuff. It's the Sam Raimi kind of gross you out stuff. If anybody's watched Ash versus Evil Dead, you, you know that's in there all the time. Um, but that kind of stuff was just fun. It, yeah. To me, that was fun. Not a, not a well-written movie, but that, that brought my heart joy. There it is, man. It, I, get what you, I get what you mean about there being... Uh, multiple people writing because it seemed like it was getting pulled in many different directions. You mentioned the Frankenstein's monster. And and that's almost what I felt like with this film is that 
you said you weren't supposed to laugh with the, he took my hands or they took my hands. I didn't know whether I was supposed to laugh at that or not, but I didn't have the connection to mad about you. I just was like, dude, that's pretty funny. Like the way he's saying it. Oh, but that's pretty dark. Like, but then there'll be the Ash versus evil dead army of darkness, evil dead two beats that are in it that, you know, it's just like, no, we are supposed to laugh at this. We, we laughed at this when we saw this kind of thing happening in those other movies, but then you're not laughing at it because it's like, dude, the guy's like all beat to heck and chewed up. And then his girlfriend is, you know, and that's the thing I kept getting pulled in, in different directions. You know what I'm saying? I never had that question watching army of darkness or evil dead part two. And I don't like horror movies. And I love those things. I love evil dead too. I love army of darkness, especially when you describe evil dead two as kind of like, the prequel to Army of Dark, you know, to see how they all fit together. Like, there was never a point when, you know, Ash or Bruce Campbell, or you know, was getting beat up in Army of uh, Darkness. There was never a point where I'm just like, oh, man, that poor guy. Like, you, you don't ever feel that way. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the way they write it and the way he plays it. Evil Dead 2, even that one that doesn't have the same kind of comedic level that Army of Darkness has, at least what I re- recollect, you're still laughing, you know, when he's chopping his hand off, he's doing all these things, you know, you see a farewell to arms and it's like, okay, this is supposed to like, I get it. And if I didn't get it, I get it. And now everything just kind of takes on that comedic bend in this. I was sort of like, okay, I kind of jumped into it thinking, okay, seriously, like I was watching Batman 89 Batman, but then all of a sudden there'd be all these things in here that were just like, you know, I'm laughing at it. I mean, I hate to say it, but even his voice was a little comedic, you know? Yeah, you went over um, the top a few times. And, and like he was hanging. You didn't, you didn't like American Liam Neeson? Well, no, but, but I mean, after he got beat up, like he was talking like that, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it was like, it was almost like the, 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 the Rocky voice in Rocky Five that Dennis was talking about, where mm-hmm. it was like they went so over the top with it that it was comedic. But it's like, are we supposed to be laughing at this? Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the stuff where all of a sudden he's getting dragged by the helicopter and then all this or something, I think it ended his feet go real fast and you almost hear that little, zoop, 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 you know, kind of thing, or they speed the camera up and then it's like, okay, I am laughing at this. No, I'm not laughing at this because now, you know, um, he, he's all torn up and he's got to face his girlfriend or, or then all of a sudden uh, he puts the face on and he's trying to go out to the, the, the um, carnival and he, the one guy, you know, you weren't behind the line. You don't get the bunny. And then all of a sudden he's starting to like go rage on him. And this is like, dude, this is pretty funny. Then he like, you know, bends the hand and throws the guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, okay. And so, and, I, and Julia's girlfriend is like, I, I don't want the elephant. He's like, take the elephant. Yeah. He's like, take it, take the elephant. And it's, it's just like, okay, well, I don't get it. What am I, yeah. how am I supposed to feel here? Is this funny or not? Like I, I'm, I'm just. Well, and like Bo, you said at the beginning there that like maybe one of the reasons that the critics really like this is because it's like the the descent into madness. It's the you know the psychological beat, and that I think Pat that that probably is where it didn't work for you because I don't know I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but I'm like put words in my mouth that that was I think that's where some of it fell apart was yeah. that you had you had Sam Raimi's kind of campy sense of humor. Right. But you also had a movie that I think could have done very well with you have a character that's very Batman like, mm-hmm. but he's also much more of an anti-hero than Batman is. Yeah. Like he's you could look at that because you kind of they, they kind of touch on that a little bit in Batman 89 when Joker's like, hey, 
we're really not all that different. Dude, we're, we're both kind of crazy. You know, and you get moments where the two of them will almost repeat each other's lines. Like, right. nice place, lots of space. You know, so you can, like, what's the difference? Where's that thin line between what keeps Batman from being a psychopath like the Joker is? And then you have a movie like this where it's like, well, you almost want to embrace that. Like, it, he is more, because of his injuries, because of what he's been driven to, it's not, you know, it, it's not the same kind of grief that Batman has spent a lifetime dealing with, like, he's angry and there's a lot of rage and he even talks about it. He's like, you know, I, I started to feel like I, I wanted to get myself back to my old self and, and put my face on. And, and, uh, but then I found that the man underneath the face was not the same man and, and, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't take the time to explore that. Yes. I, that, that okay. And you said, I, I don't want to interrupt you. Keep going, but no, you no, said no, it that, much. That was, I've been that was sitting it. here. I've been sitting here trying to say, how am I going to explain that? You just said it eloquently. So I'm not going to, I completely agree with that. And I, I, I watched that and I hear, okay, is Descent into Madness? Why? Because he threw a carny through a wall? I mean. Maybe that's what it takes. I mean, that, that, that's not Descent into Madness. That's just the guy with like, you know, anger management problems. And, and I, I just started going and I've seen that explored so, many, so, many, so much better in so many other movies. 89 Batman. I think they explore it better in, in terms of a contemporary type movie. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, I think you see it at, in all the, the MCU movies. I think you see that conflict, but you know, and that's what makes those movies so great is that you, all of their characters are conflicted, right? Even uh, some of the well-written bad guys are conflicted and they put that front and center and they make the movie about it. They didn't make this movie about it. It was like one scene. Okay. So he's going around beating up bad guys. Yawn seen that. I mean, that's, now, maybe you can say that we're desensitized as a culture, but like what movie does the guy not go after, you know, and go revenge on everybody like that? But if you want to, I, I think if you want to see a better version, a, a more well-written version of this movie, mm -hmm. um, you know, not, not superhero and there, there's no like physical disfigurement, but I think a better descent into his own anger and temper and everything else i think falling down yes like i okay. think if this because because falling down uh, or as rough as some of that movie is i know for as rough as some of that movie is to watch especially now especially with some of the things that they deal with in that movie and, yeah. and watching it now you know in light of recent or not so recent events um i think that what falling down does really well is it takes a an entire movie and there are moments where you can still have kind of that that almost like pulp fiction. This is super violent. Should I be laughing at this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But there are moments where it's funny. Like you, you laugh, but you cringe at the same time. And I think something like a pulp fiction and something like a falling down does that really well. This movie, it did not do that well. Like there were no. the outbursts of it, but it was it made it too much of a cartoon to where you couldn't, if he wanted it to be, that there that that was part of the point of the movie to balance his campy visual style with I want to show you know what really the, the man has lost his face he, it's going to drive him mad and he's not going to be the same person and I want to develop that you know the the psychology of it all that's the part that fell completely flat for me and that's where I look at that and I go if you could balance out like if you could balance out a falling down and give falling down maybe some of the other Sam Raimi type stuff, you would have had a good dark man. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, you're right. Everything you said, I completely agree. The thing that I bumped on and I, it was, I thought it was 
Siskel. I don't know if it was Ebert or Siskel. One of the, you know, Siskel and Ebert was mm-hmm. the names that I grew up with. So whenever I think of movie critics, I think of those guys. In his review, they... Statler and Waldorf? Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. If I have it correctly, they talk about how incredible this movie is and how it does that, which you just spoke of, which you guys are talking about, so much better than 89 Batman. And I was like, that was like, wait, wait a minute, hold on, back up. Now, I'm biased because I was excited for 18 years to talk about 89 Batman and all this kind of stuff. I, what am I, love the movie, but it's like it did it better than Batman. And that's where, and that's kind of what I bumped on too with this movie. And, and I mean, seriously, Bo, that's why I said I really want to, hear your your thoughts on it because my reaction I, and i sincerely mean this i'm not like looking to argue with you know but i mean like i saw that and it was like it did it better than batman like really like i, I was i was sitting here laughing at this one in batman i was you know oh my gosh like Un- how would i re- i thought michael keaton played that perfectly unfortunately yeah, so, anyway. i think batman back then suffered from some of the same criticisms we get for mcu movies now um, okay. I think the superhero movies were written off by the critics for a lot of reasons. So unfortunately, comparing what Cisco and Ebert are going to say to from Batman to this is hard because I think Batman was never going to win with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the. The Batmanness of that movie masks some of the descent into darkness that I think some of us have seen because we've seen that movie so many times and we know the character so well. Like we see things that maybe you don't see right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, as we laugh at it because it's just so over the top, I don't know if this performance was over the top in 1990. I think it was more mm-hmm. what they were used to back then. I mean, think about. Think about some of the other movies we've watched. You know, the... Um, <laughs> why is my brain blanking right now? Well, you've you got to think about, too, like, if if this is meant to be kind of like The Shadow right. or like Batman. So it's it's meant to be kind of like a comic book. He wanted to make almost like a comic book hero, but tie in the universal monster stuff, tie in the shadow, you know, the old radio serials, they probably even like the old black and white uh, Batman serials from the forties, you know, tie in all that stuff, but it's still at its heart, kind of a superhero movie. And so at that time, if you think about the other superhero movies that we've got in the nineties, Batman 89 was really different from everything else. Like that was everything else is campy. Even the Superman movies from the the seventies and eighties, those are pretty campy, even though they tried to make them, you know, more respectable. Well, and Batman I still, 89, that was, that was really kind of the outlier in that whole group. Because then when you look at the rest of the 90s, you've got, what have you got? You've got, um, uh, you have Spawn. Uh, oh, yeah. You have, I'm, I'm going to blank out on some of the other ones, but you, you've got, I, I'm thinking of the 90s comic book movie. And it's not yet what X-Men will be. Like that comes mm-hmm. at the end, that comes in, in 2000. Um, mm-hmm. after we've moved through the 90s where it's the very much over-the-top, um, almost a caricature of the comic itself. And I um, think this movie yeah. goes an extra few feet to hide its comic book and and hero roots. Like, I think they keep it, whether it's on purpose or not, whether it was by design, I can't tell, but I think they went to great lengths to keep it just under that superhero radar um 
Maybe because they didn't want to be compared to Batman. I don't know. But I feel like they, you know, they could have they could have pushed it a little more towards the hero and they didn't. I don't know if it's because they were trying to create a darker character or if they were just trying to distance themselves from Batman, but yeah. I, you know, and it, it's funny because I, you know, and, and like I said, that's this is the age-old thing where I'm just like, the critics like that? Really? I I can't I, I would love to sit and say really and the comedy didn't ruin that for you like if you were going to critically look at this and say wow this was really a big analysis into the uh you know you know one's man's descent into chaos and everything really and and like the comedic bits didn't ruin that for you or you know the underdeveloped relationship with the like you know with the girlfriend and when i say underdeveloped it was like the cardboard cutouts Mm -hmm. everything i brought to the table i knew because of however many movies I've seen. And it was, okay, there's the girlfriend. Yeah. Well, of course he loves her. I don't need to see that. Like, Did you notice he didn't even ask her if she's... He wasn't afraid that she wasn't going to love him. He was afraid that mm-hmm. she wasn't going to want him. It was a very interesting choice yeah. of words. Like the yeah, whole thing even was, that. Think about that. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, like I, I really... And I'm going to say this because uh, I, I like Liam Neeson as an actor. I, mean, mm-hmm. I like the, some of the stuff he's been in was he the right guy for this? Cause even like, just, I, yeah, it, it, it didn't quite fire on all cylinders. So again, that's where I'd say to the critics, like, what are you, what are you, what are you looking at? Like, this is, it's kind of the paper tiger thing. You know, you're making, Oh, well it, it did this and it did this and it did this. It's almost like you're, you're, when you compare it to Batman, it seems like the, the keeping up with the Joneses. Have you ever heard that thing? You know, keep it. You, it's like the neighbor looking over the fence and saying, oh, look at all those things. Okay, well, we're going to do that too. You know, okay, well, you have bushes. We're going to put bushes in. Oh, you have a rose garden. We're going to put a rose garden in. Oh, you're painting your house. We're going to paint our house. And it's like, they're so busy, like, checking the boxes. And the critics are seeing that and thinking, oh, well, this is great. But it's the paper tiger thing. You get inside it and it's like, there's there's nothing really here propping this up i mean it's i mean it's fun but then the critics should have been like hey that's a really campy movie in the spirit of whatever and look at it's called following or something like i i don't see these things that they're saying are so wonderfully developed i I, i'm not i'm just not seeing it you know what i mean they hint at it but I, i just i mean i get what everyone's saying but that's kind of what i struggled the most with was like what? Like why? What dimension am I on? You know what I mean? Like why am I out of focus with the world? I'm like, here's the thing. Here's the Star Trek reference. I'm like the Jean-Luc Picard. Remember when they fly into the thing and there's two of them, and he's the one that as they get closer to the entity where the Enterprise gets blown up and they're trying to figure out because he was in the shuttlecraft and there were the two Picards and he was like sitting there and 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 the one Picard's like yelling at him like, why don't you respond? And then Troy was like, oh, he's looking through these dimensions. He can't even understand what you're saying. His world is rocked. This guy is like totally out of sync. You remember that? Where like, there were the two Picards and the one. That's how I feel when I watch this movie. I feel like I'm looking through these storms and some, the, the, the whole ship's about to blow up because it's just like everything they're saying just doesn't make sense to me. Like, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? I, I, I don't know. And I get a little agitated by it. So there's my descent into chaos. You know, there you go. So Pat's descent into madness is what they should have done for this movie. That's, yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing I really appreciate, and, and it made, made me just feel all kinds of warm feelings in my heart, um, was when you actually see his face unbandaged, mm-hmm. he looked so much like evil Ash from Army of Darkness. 
Like I, mm-hmm. I really like the skeleton kind of face. I wanted him to just be like, give me some sugar, baby. I, I wanted to have him say that at some point. Yeah. Or do the whole like Sally Ford. Sally <laughs> like has a, have his jaw keep falling out. And I, that would have been great. Um, my only before we jump into the, the three questions here in a second. My only other thing when you get to the climactic final battle of this movie. And it just it was that same kind of like it felt like and having taught this is well, it kind of is a knock on, you know, seventh and eighth graders. But having taught middle school reading and writing uh, and having read many a middle schoolers writing, it kind of gets to the point where they're they're coming up this building, this unfinished, you know, this this under construction skyscraper. And all of a sudden, the evil businessman who has not really been a, a, a physical, intimidating force. You've got Darkman, who's this physical, intimidating force, this mm-hmm. figure. And you've got the, the creepy little businessman who has been kind of, you know, masterminding this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And his explanation is, well, I'm very comfortable up here because my dad used to bring me up to these construction sites and I could walk around with no problem at all. And, and, it, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, that's what is supposed to make this final climactic battle even footing for both of them is that you're good on skyscrapers? Yeah. Then there's that. And then you've got the scene where, you know, he, a dark man's kind of coming at him and he's got that kind of bolt gun and he can't hit him from four feet away but the shots get really close to him when he's much further away. Yeah, that was... I'm like, that whole final battle, and, and, and I did hear that the editor, of the, and, and maybe that has something to do with some of this, um, I guess the editor had a nervous breakdown, and they had to finish the, the movie like with somebody else, so they had a couple of different editors doing this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was because of the way it was written that he had a nervous breakdown, but I, I wouldn't have a hard time believing it. But I, there was just some stuff like that. I was like, really? We... Could we not have tried maybe just a little bit harder with some of these things? Because that just seems like that just seems like you were like, uh, you know what? We got to get this fight in. So let's. Um, what time is it now? Um, yeah, let's just we'll do some stuff real quick. Do some stuff that looks fighty. Yeah, looking fighty. Looking fighty. I, it's like I, super I, grippy. I, I, it's it was super grippy. It's super grippy. I, when you're when you're when you're when you're fighty is super grippy then. And I'm gonna say this humbly because you guys are are much more adept at comic book type movies than i am or well no that uh, comic books than i am I, I think you know with the comic book movies though I, I don't know i don't even know what i was just trying to say i say this humbly because you guys could probably set me straight maybe that's what i'm trying to say i bumped on the fact that he never really had a costume he had that cool jacket but it never kind of kicked over into become like you know that's the other thing with the movie you need to become dark man just like ash needed to become ash okay he's got the chainsaw he's got the shotgun groovy you know i mean spider-man me. pulls the cowl on boom for the first stick. time <laughs> boomstick boom yeah. this is my boomstick um, shop smart shop, shop s smart s smart that never happened he kind of like mm-hmm. backed into it and then he was just running around and that's where i thought i thought like okay well it's not the superhero movie then we're just seeing a monster movie but then go that route and why, you know, why isn't there like a scene of him running around like and attacking the carney and then attacking everybody else? I, they didn't have that. Um, and even the bit where he goes after those guys and puts the costume on or the, the mask on and has them all in fits and starts trying to chase him. He was in broad daylight. Like you never really have the character out there in broad daylight. The beginning is the character is off screen and scary to these guys. And that off screen scary to his guys. It was like, it came out of place. That whole thing in the factory where they walk in and 
were the guys like shooting all over the place and then he was picking them off one by one. I, I think that even came after he did the thing where he put the mask on and had them attacking each other. And it was sort of like, well, no, that doesn't make much sense. That's what you start with. I mean, think of Batman. What did they start with? You know, oh man, the bat, are you kidding me? The bat. And then all of a sudden he sneaks down and it's like a couple quick kicks and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, is there a six foot bat living in Gotham city? If so, what's he pulling down? That was what they started with. And then all of a sudden, you know, there was some other stuff where you don't see much. And then all of a sudden later in the movie, he's crashing through the skylight. He's running through the streets and you get a good glimpse of Batman in this. It was the reverse. You know what I'm saying? It was like, you saw him do the mask. You knew it was him. It was all a dead giveaway. It, I mean, I think it would have been better if, you know, he would have seen her and you would have seen him. Oh, I guess he, I guess he healed up from his bad burns and then his face started melting. And then you had the thing in the factory where he was taking guys out, but you're never quite sure. Is that him or is that the other guy? You know, I think they could have, I think they could have switched some of those scenes around. It was like, do you guys get what I'm saying with that? It didn't sure, have the yeah. same progression that typical movies with the reveal. Like, you know what you I mean? That, no, I, I was just gonna say, as, as you were talking there, what it made me think of was what this movie could have been is this could have been a so much better than, than what we got from Batman Forever. This would have been a great origin story for Two-Face. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you could have taken this movie, and that could have been the origin story. Because you already knew Batman. Like, if they were going to do this with, I don't know, Michael Keaton or even with Val Kilmer, you already know Batman. So you don't really have to redo, as with every Batman movie that ever happens, and every Spider-Man movie, you always got to have some pearls dropping, and you always got to kill Uncle Ben. But right. if you didn't do that, you could just jump in, because people know who Batman is. You don't have to explain it anymore. You could have just jumped in, and you could have introduced the villain. And, like, this is the villain, and this is this Two-Face guy. And, the, like, there are some things you do have to clean up a little bit, but as a character, he would have been a, a much, much better Two-Face than mm-hmm. a Dark Man. Like, if you wanted to go that route. I, I think it just... I think, I think there's a couple of different movies crammed into this movie, and they don't really jive with each other very well. Yeah. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, a simple wrong would have sufficed. Uh, question number one. If you could disguise yourself as anyone for 100 minutes, who would it be? And, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, go ahead and, I'll go ahead and throw in there some of the mm-hmm. follow-up questions, because I, I usually tend to ask these questions around the dinner, ta- the dinner table the, the evening before we record. And the follow-up questions I got were, well, wait a minute, do I get the person's abilities? Like, no, you, you can just look like them. You don't get their abilities. You, you get to look like that person for 100 minutes. And John was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do anybody from the NBA then, because I'm still going to be a bad basketball player. Okay, yes. first of all, you're not a bad basketball player. <laughs> okay, you're not, you know, you're not your favorite stars from the NBA, right? You're not there yet, but oh, never mind then. Uh, Nora, Nora wanted to be Beyonce because she's like, I just want to be somebody famous for like 100 minutes just to see what it's like and maybe get lots of money. I'm like, okay, I don't know why Beyonce was the first one that came out, but sure. I want to know how you're going to get all that money in 100 minutes, but hey. All right, well, 
Maybe she thinks if you're Beyonce, it just gets thrown at you. Which maybe it does. I was going to say, she may not be as far off as we want her to be. Right. I've never been. I I have yet to be Beyonce, so I don't know. It's true. It's true. Mm Mm-hmm. 100 so what do you minutes. think? If you could disguise yourself as anyone for 100 minutes. So you don't have a lot of time. This is a hard one. I've thought about this one a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, and and because you can go a couple of different routes. You can go the route of, well, I would like to be this celebrity. Or I would like to be, you know, this particular actor or this athlete or whatever it might be. Or you could go the other route, which is kind of the route uh, my lovely wife and I went was, it would be really interesting to use this as a learning experience and disguise yourself as someone who has a completely different life experience than you do so that mm-hmm. you can have the opportunity to, even though it's a very limited amount of time, you can kind of have the opportunity to just for a moment, see what life is like for that person. The route that I took it was like, you know, there are times where, cause we, when I was younger, my family, we'd, we travel around Europe and we'd go different places like there are times where you knew you really stuck out as a tourist, either because of the way you dressed or even just your physical features. You, you didn't look like the other people in the country that you were in. And that might have been my answer was I don't have a specific person, but maybe I would just use it so that I fit in somewhere so I didn't get treated like a tourist. Like I could see the actual experience of what it's like to be in that place and not, you know, not be looked at differently. And I, I think this is kind of an interesting question to think about especially given things that are going on right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I didn't I, have a, I didn't have a specific person. I, I would want to use it as some kind of like a learning experience. I agree. I think that makes sense. I think that if, if you can use it to kind of learn to walk within someone else's shoes and see things from their perspective and you know, yeah, I agree. I hate to, I hate to be an adult. I'd love to say like mm-hmm. Tony Stark, you know, or right. something like that. But I mean, right. yeah, I, I think it, for me, what you and your wife came up with, I, I, I think that would make sense. You know, I think just something that can help people walk in other people's shoes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the, the only one that really you're going to get much out of in 100 minutes. And even then you're not going to get that much. But it's the 100 minute thing that unless you're really trying to sneak in somewhere for revenge, like Darkman is, 100 minutes ain't a long time. I suppose you could, I suppose you could put the mask on. You could be Elon Musk, walk into a Tesla plant and joyride in a Tesla for an hour. I don't know. See, you and I are along the same lines because my only other thought was, what face would get me into a DeLorean for 100 minutes? Right. Like, okay. Uh-huh. All right. You know, you know uh-huh. I, I guess if I want to go that route, sure, I could. What? Who do I need to, do I need to look like Doc Brown? You know? Right. Like, what could I do? Walk in, you're like, here, sir, please drive the DeLorean. Right. You're, right. Very, well, you're very well known around these parts. You know, you show up dressed like Christopher Lloyd, get you into backstage at San Diego Comic-Con or something, you know, mm-hmm. get back there right. for an hour before everybody realizes that you don't belong and then kick you back out. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, question number two, what is your favorite location for a climactic battle in a movie or TV show? And I, I probably should have prefaced this a little bit and because this kind of came up in our conversation when I asked the kids about it too. Um, what I'm kind of, getting at here is that in this movie you had the location was the unfinished skyscraper mm-hmm. and what I was kind of getting at for this one because they started to list off like final battles in a movie but I was like whoa hold on a second though I'm Which kind of location? asking about the location like what yeah so so when I thought through it I was thinking all right well what final battles in a movie really use the location well 
because is the end of Avengers Endgame an amazing final battle? Absolutely it is, but it takes place in a field. Right. So that one I'm not, that's not what I'm kind of thinking of with this one. I'm thinking of, and, and I'm, I am I have a list that is was not getting narrowed down anytime soon. Um, you know what? I, I think I'm going to... Mm, that's the noise of frust. That's the noise of frustration. Take the elephant. Um, all right, I'm going to take the elephant, and I'm going to say Cloud City. Oh, yeah, okay. good call. Now I know that, that's that. That's probably like the obvious choice for me. I had plenty of others. I'll let you guys go through any of yours first. But I had plenty of others that were on my list of one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's more than ten. So wow. Um, yeah, I had trouble narrowing it down. Hey, uh, you know, you mentioned taking place in the field. I think that was a. One of the problems that some historical critics had with Braveheart was the Battle of Sterling Bridge also took place in the middle of a field, if I remember correctly. Right. So, Cloud City, well played. Because that one, and and my reason for choosing that one was just over the course of my life, kid, adult, doesn't matter. Like, the location of that is central to the pieces of that fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you don't have that fight without the different locations without, oh, man. The, I mean, and then they're so iconic, like the whole carbon freezing chamber and he gets knocked in and then he leaps out of it. And, and, you know, then they slide down the chute and all of a sudden they, they you know, breaks through the window and he's sucked out through the window and he's getting stuff thrown at him. And it, so that one, and then you're out on the catwalk part of it. Um, yeah. and I almost started breaking into a right said Fred song right there. Um, but and you th- have that, hallways that they could fight in and right. you have the airspace around it that you can mm-hmm. get into, you know. Um, so that's where, you're, that's where yeah. your location is, is like, that's key to that battle is the location piece of it. Yeah. Okay, so how, yeah. does, this, how does this one grab you? All right. Very grippy. What about the Mutara Super Nebula? Grippy. That, mm. was on, that was also on my list. Dang. Yeah. Nice. Your sensors are blind. You're, sauce for the goose, sauce Mr. Savage. For the goose, Mr. Savage. The odds will be even. Now entering the Motara Nebula. You're, you're, you bring a, a, a version of submarine warfare to space because you can't find the other person so they can sneak up on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Pat, I have ever since our 300th episode, there have been so many times in the last like week that I've that I've said... I'll give him this. He's consistent. <laughs> Dude, right? Right? I mean, I would think I would think in your line of work, John, I would think your current position mm-hmm. that that line is I'll say this for him, he's consistent. Uh, or I think yeah. it's he's consistent. I'll give him that. Or yeah. well, how I, what does he exactly I think, say? I think it's How did you say it the first time? I'll say this for him, he's consistent. I'll say this for him, he's yeah. consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, right? Right? I mean, that like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a podcast in and of itself. Like, yeah. I mean, what did you just, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, that, that was on my list as well. Like that was one I had a hard time narrowing down because it's the same thing. It's you don't have yeah. that final battle and it's, it's not people fighting each other, but it's the right. ships fighting each other and it, but it's just so well done. And that location is so key to how that battle plays out. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even that it was totally person versus person, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, it was like, it, cause I, I know what you're saying. It's not like a, a right. It's not a know, physical, it's not yeah. fisticuffs, right. but I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. right. Strategic. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely, <laughs> and, and what a, what a great thing in, um, uh, um, 
the Mutara Nebula because that was like the whole crux of that movie was Kirk getting outplayed. And he's like, dude, have I outlived my usefulness? I mean, you know, like I can't, you know, I'm old, I need glasses. You know, I got caught with my britches down. You keep going ahead and quoting regulation, you know, and all this kind of stuff. That was finally where he had the upper hand on Khan. You know, that's what they put him together and, and, and you know, he, he, what was it? Uh, he's not thinking third dimensionally or whatever. Yeah, it was. I mean, they, you know, they totally uh, uh, outplayed him there. Yeah. In Cloud City. Awesome. So what, do you, what do you got, Pat? What's a battle location? Dude, I got nothing. Um, I thought, I'll tell well, you. I'm going to let Pat go. There is one I thought Pat would come up with, which is why I didn't think it. I, I'll tell you. And, and, and I'm really glad to hear you narrow it down because I was thinking like, oh, my God, like final battles and everything. Um I'll I'll tell you that here we go, John. Here we go. Uh, uh, good morning, Vietnam. I'll tell you this. Um, I tell you this. <laughs> here we go. Now listen. Here we go, Will, Bo. Wilbur, come in the room. An incredible coincidence. Um, guys, you really. I know. I said this before. You really need to watch Legends of Tomorrow. There's so much we need to talk about. Uh, do they have Do they have an Adrian Cronauer episode? No, but they oh, okay. maybe include the guy that he was quoting right there. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, you guys, you guys have they go there. All right, I'm, that's while, all I'm going to say. Is that a tangent, he, does anyone watch Agents of Shield? No, not yet. Mm-hmm. Do I need to get on it? Well, you got a long way to go, so I'm not going to. But let's just say this season, I was I was very afraid. It didn't start out too good. And then the last episode was just amazing. Unfortunately, you kind of have to have some... I'm trying to think if you can get away with just MCU movie stuff. You also have to have some Agent Carter history for the for the show okay. to sort of coalesce into the brilliance that it was. But as we've okay. been sitting here, I have no less than five texts from my brother. Because he's okay. watching the episode from last week. And he's like, oh my god, and then they... And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just wait. It gets better. And then they, yeah, yeah, it gets better. So I feel you, Pat. That's I, I, awesome. I know them. Sometimes they just, they do okay. it. And you're like, oh my God, someone else has to see this. Yeah, I, I got to talk to someone. And, and that other person needs to watch like 18 movies and 50 episodes of this and 600 just to get it. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, so, okay, so still dodging the question. I would say, okay, the one that I keep coming back to and I'll probably like when we get done, I'll be laying in bed tonight and suddenly think, oh, why didn't I mention this? But I, I, I have to say that um, I, think, I think Jackie Chan, Legend of the Drunken Master, the steel smelting plant. Mm-hmm. I think that one is really, is really cool because it just gave him so many opportunities to show off his skill where it was just plenty of things for him to climb up, jump over, roll over, roll through a lava pit not lava what was it uh molten ash or something like that um but again that was an awesome fight scene but i I think that area provided him with a lot um you know i i would say the only other one that i think really as a location would have been uh, uh master and commander and it's just i hate to say it it's the history buff in me that's just like that was so cool that that movie was documentary-esque, you know, in bringing to life, you know, or showing you combat from that era. And so I think that that doing that movie in the way they did that movie, where it was just basically like life on the ship, I think that really brought it all to life. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that. But uh, boy, the, the two 
things that you guys came up with. And now I'm just like racking my brain for, okay, what am I forgetting? Bo's going to say like two things and I'm going to be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? So I guess that would have been my scene is, is the steel smelting plant. That was pretty cool. And then the um, uh, just master and commander, you know, the location of being on, um, a, you know, the tall masted sailing ship. So the one I'm surprised you didn't go for. Okay. Was Neo and Mr. Smith. Oh, that was in the, in the subway. In the subway with the rain yeah. and all. Yeah, that. that was the one. I because I had it on my list, and I was like, uh, "Pat's oh, Pat's going to be all over that." That was on my. Yeah, oh man, my and I let that one go. I, I, you know, you're right. You're right. It was, and I mean, there was just. Wow, that was awesome. Like the whole, ma- you know what? And I'm sorry to jump on the tangent. Have Have you guys Have you guys read the Hunger Games? Mm-hmm. Seen the movies, have not read the book. My wife read the book. Okay, so I, I did not. I don't want to. I don't want to do the spoilers. But I think any of those locales are cool because that's like what they're constructed to be is combat zones. True. That's you know a what I'm very saying? Very good point. So when you cool said Matrix, in those. oh yeah, I mean, and it's incredibly sadistic because we were just telling Dominic and Danielle about. Oh, you guys got to read the Hunger Games, and they were asking about what it's about. Did you see they have a? Did I tell you they have a new book that came yes, out? Yeah. You mentioned that. Yes. Yeah, J- John said it was pretty good. He read it. He says it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I'm so, going to increase my answer to four, and I'm going to add okay. in The Matrix, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to add in um, um, Hunger Games, you know, okay. any 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 one of the Hunger Games areas that they created. Mm-hmm. So my other ones that were on my – and I'm going to narrow down because otherwise my list goes on forever. Um, the other ones that I had, obviously, I love The Rocketeer. So the very end where they're fighting on the Zeppelin, uh, that's a fun one. Um, and then I also had, um, Helm's Deep is like, that is my favorite. That was on my list too. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also had Aliens, the battle with the queen, uh, at the end of Aliens. Did like that one as well. Now, the other one, I almost went with this one because as a kid, this was my, like, I don't feel like the phrase mind blown existed when we were kids it it probably you know came out later but as a kid my mind was completely blown when i saw this fight scene in the movie and it's not like there's anything it's not necessarily what you'd call epic like it's there's not a lot of special effects going on and it's not even a good movie Mm -hmm. but the junkyard fight scene in superman 3 Mm-hmm. As a kid, when Clark Kent is fighting Superman and they use the junkyard, like they, he puts him in the masher or he's like coming out along the conveyor belt and, it, and they're just smashing each other into stuff and they're throwing tires at each other. And it, like that usage of a location for that battle, I was as a kid, I loved that entire scene. So I almost went with that until I realized, like, no, wait, Cloud City, never mind. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Final question. What is your favorite Liam Neeson role? And I will admit, I have not seen Taken. So that was not even... Yeah, I know. I've only know. seen Taken. I haven't um, seen Taken 2. Okay. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, if, if, if you've seen Taken, Taken 2 should be subtitled, really? What, you didn't learn anything from the first hour and a half? That was my first thought. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say, um, of he uh, when I think of the characters that he plays in these movies, um, I mean I I love uh, the movie Rob Roy is great. 
Um, you know, it, it, it's along the same lines as like a, a Braveheart. Um, I think in terms of the, the movie and the character itself, I really liked him in the gray. You know, I thought that was a good, the one where he's, uh, kind of has to survive against a, a pack of wolves. You know, mm-hmm. he, is it, is their airplane crashes and kind of one by one, the other people that were with him that survived the crash end up dying or I, you know, some of them might even kill each other. Um, but it ends up being that there's this pack of wolves that's hunting uh, the remaining survivors and they've got to try to make it through the, the frozen countryside to get to safety and to, to get to civilization. Um, so that one, I did like that one. I liked him in that one. I, I think I probably would have to go though with uh, Batman Begins. Like I like his character, the Ducard character, the uh, Ra's al Ghul. I liked his character in that movie and just the way he the way he played that. Um, so that would probably be for me. That probably be. I was gonna go Qui Gon, but I'm like mm-hmm. maybe with a different director, Qui Gon would have been a little bit better. <laughs> I like George Lucas, but. So actors are not his strong suit. We'll put it that way. It's 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 interesting. What because Qui Gon was is at my the top of my list as well. I I really I like the character of Qui Gon a whole lot. I like and I this is sort of like when we were podcasting with the uh, uh, Shirley. You can't be serious. Which hey, shout out for those guys. John loved the Superman. Um, uh, episodes those were great and in fact you were talking about superman in this one and i'm like yeah i've heard that's right because he was talking about that very thing i just i learned something from that podcast so again yeah awesome you guys that was that was great and the surely you can't be serious podcast everyone down in new zealand go check those guys out great fantastic podcast um but this is sort of like when i was talking about uh, man in the high castle and everyone's like what and i'm like well I did like it until <laughs> I was so. I mean, I'm going to throw it out I, there. That... Qui Gon was on my list. Like it was up there yeah. with the others. So it was on my list. I just there are things about the Qui Gon character that I'm like, oh, you could have done so much more with that. Like if like you just had explore a, the character. Well, if you had a if you had a different director, mm-hmm. George Lucas is great, and and I love the Star Wars movies, but he's not an actor's director. Like mm-hmm. he's not. He doesn't get the best performances out of people this we know um you know he, he's really good with the scenery he's really good with the cgi he's really good with the effects he's really good at making things go fast and explode and he tells a good story but when it comes to actors and getting the best performance out of them and really digging into the character not so great so if if i was going to see a movie where a character and you've got kind of the this venerable older veteran jedi i would have liked to have seen a whole lot more that's not that's not the fault of the Qui Gon character, um, you know. They they tease that out in some of the comic books and books a whole lot more. And I'm like, I like that Qui Gon character, but that's not the character Liam Neeson got a chance to play. Mm-hmm. So that's my only reason for that. Otherwise, he was my, I think he was right after Batman Begins or the Gray. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, because he's up there on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I kind of like Liam Neeson and uh, 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 Michael Collins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys see Michael Collins? Yep. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's uh, you know a little bit a little bit of a controversial figure depending on which uh, British Isle you're talking about it in, but I think uh, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the film, and I I thought I thought that was and, like and and some would say the other Isle is not British, so and what what did you say? I, some would say the other Isle is not British. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there you go. And um, 
yeah, I thought, and I thought it really played to Liam Neeson's uh, strengths. I, I really just thought that was, you know, a, a great role for him. I thought that was, you know, Taken, Taken is fun. You know, that's just a fun movie. Um, Taken is on my list of movies that I, I need a weekend. Well, I need a vacation. I need a weekend or a vacation. And I've got a whole set of movies that I have not watched yet. And mm-hmm. the ones, I, I have three in particular that I've got lined up. And I want to watch them like one right after the other. I have not seen Taken. I have not seen any of the John Wick movies. And I have not seen The Equalizer. Oh, so I would like to, at some point, if I get a weekend and I can get some time to just watch a movie by myself or whatever, I would like to go through and I'd like to watch Taken, John Wick, and The Equalizer. Are you going to watch John Wick 1, 2, and 3? Uh, eventually, yes. Okay, all in one weekend. I mean, if you do Taken. Oh, all in one weekend, I don't know. but yeah, Okay, but if you watch John, John, I might, John as, Wick's as, so in my favorite in one weekend. I tried that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you might, you, might, you might need a soft, furry, cuddly animal to just kind of, okay. you know, cuddle with at the end you're going to want to like i believe the children of the future after watching those movies because otherwise you're going to like that's that that watch all that and then uh, you know put the camera on yourself and that will be one man's descent into mad right all right yeah no i i like to i like to do my a quote that i use a lot from uh the was it 82 or 83 uh live at long island concert that billy joel gave he says uh he says we're going to space this out for maximum effect. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's trying to tell people, he's like, yeah, you all come to this concert and you want to hear like the, you want to hear all the like greatest hits. We're going to space this out for maximum effect. Like I'm going to give you some of the greatest hits, but I'm also going to play some of the ones you don't hear the deep cuts, you know, kind of stuff. So we're going to space this out for maximum effect. If I'm doing the John Wick movies, they're getting spaced out. I'm yeah, not I highly anything. recommend that. Yeah. I, Bo, was it hard to stop? After one, going to two, going to because I watched well, John I watched Wick, it and then it was like in preparation for three coming out. Okay, and it was it was tough. It was just a lot, you know. It's it is a lot. It's like you can't stop, but it's like, dear lord, this is a lot of violence. Yeah, I will and, admit I had not watched any of them before I did that. Yeah. And I was reading something or listening to an interview or I have to say as much crap as I've given Keanu Reeves over the years, he is a very interesting dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I can't remember if I was watching something or reading something, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to give these movies a shot. And they were both on in the span of like a week on cable or whatever. Yeah. So I recorded them and I sat down one day and I watched the first one. I was like, Huh. I wasn't that bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Then I started the second one. I'm like, mm, no, I need a day or two on this. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm come back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, surprisingly I, good films. I mean, you know. They are great films. They're they're a lot. Like I watched them recently enough. I mean, it was it, and I almost felt like I needed to. My mom was still with us at that time, and I almost got done and felt like. I was 13 and watched the movie and like felt so bad about it. I needed to confess. Like I almost called my mom and said, mom, I just watched some really uh, violent movies and I'm not sure how I feel about this. Can you uh, forgive me for that? You know, cause it was, it, it's uh, yeah. Gun Fu. Isn't that what they call the choreography in a lot of that? Mm-hmm. Is, that is a very good yeah, way to put that. I, yeah. Well, I think that's a thing. I think that choreographer like did that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I think that could like labeled it or something like that. I don't know. So, yeah, sorry, sorry to go off on the tangent. So, no, no, not at all. All right. Well, did we get everybody's boat? We got yours. No, um, I was gonna say, uh, we didn't get no, yet. Oscar Schindler from Schindler's List. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and that was another one I was having trouble narrowing down. Like I'm going down yeah, the list I mean, I like, had okay, well. I had both of the ones you guys talked about on my list at one time, point or another, and mm-hmm. an interesting breadth of work for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody had the A team. It made my list <laughs> as a sentimental pick because, okay. you know, it, I love it. It wasn't a bad movie. Together, no, 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 but... it wasn't bad. No, it was a it was it was a fun movie. Yeah, I thought he but, did a good yeah. job as Hannibal yeah. Smith, but oh, yeah. I love it when yeah. a plan comes together. I'm the first one to admit. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Quintessential role, maybe not so much, but all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Dark Man. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, if you want to find out more about our show, head over to 30podcast.com, at 30podcast on the social medias, and on the voicemail, 872-356-6843. Um, feel free to call us, even if you're from New Zealand. Like We love yeah. a good New Zealand-Australian accent, so you know, go ahead and, and give us a call. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a hobbit. You know, if, if you're from the Shire and you somehow found a phone and you want to give us a call, we would love to hear from you um, and, and give us some ideas for our, uh, our track titles for uh, Second Breakfast because um, right. we're, we're excited to get that going. So let us know how your roads are for motorcycling. Yeah. Are they super grippy? Like those, I, I mean, inquiring I, minds want to know. And are I've the heard roads like super mo- grippy? And I've heard there's like motorcycle only roads too. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. But Pat just wants to know if he needs to retire to New Zealand. Wouldn't it be cool if the whole country was motorcycle only? It's like, sorry, this is what you got to, this is what you got to ride. Yeah, yeah. If if a country could get away with it, it would be New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We love you, New Zealand. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to get ahead of the game a little bit here, um, our next month coming up. So th- this one kind of brings our uh, month to a close here, and our next month is our crime month. Um, a lot of crime movies next month. So our next episode coming up next week will be The Godfather Part 3. Then after that, we've got Goodfellas. Then after that, we've got Miller's Crossing. Then after that, we've got Quick Change. And then after that, we've got Dick Tracy. So we have some good, good stuff coming up. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Yep. So good, good stuff coming up. Looking forward to all that. A lot of crime. A lot of crime. But we'll make it through. Boy, boy, I don't know. That's when I decided I to whoop your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin Sheen delivers that so well too. Mm-hmm. Crime, boy, I don't know. Would you look back and decide what was it? How did he say that? Whatever it was, it was great. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us here tonight. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. This is All fun. Right. Yeah. Everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time.